Live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for the Exit Exchange. Brought to you by XPX Atlanta. Dedicated to changing the trajectory of exit planning services in the Southeast. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Exit Exchange. I'm John Ray with Business Radio X alongside David Chavson. David, well, welcome. Welcome in. Thank you, John. Good morning. Good I think the last time you and I did this together, we were remote. Now we're together, which is great. In person, I think the right. first time in a long time. It's nice. <laughs> I don't, way, way too long. Um, no, this is great. And uh, you have lined up two great guests for us. Um, XPX members, Diana Murphy, Diana Murphy Coaching, and Bill McDermott, the Profitability Coach. We'll get to them in a second. But before we do that, I just want to remind everyone that this show, The Exit Exchange, is brought to you by the Exit Planning Exchange of Atlanta, the Atlanta chapter of the Exit Planning Exchange. If you are a professional services provider that is focused on business owners and particularly their exit planning strategies, uh, can't think of a better organization to be a part of. You get to know professionals that are at the top of their game. You build relationships that become resources that you can use for your clients and keep up with everything that involves exit planning, succession, value building, and transactions. If you want to know more, go to xpxatlanta.org. So as I've mentioned, Diana Murphy with Diana Murphy Coaching and Bill McDermott, the Profitability Coach, are with us. Diana, Bill, welcome. So We're glad to be here. Thank glad you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. My good friend, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Back at you. Diana, let's start with you. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell everyone how you're serving folks? Great. I am a life and mindset coach. I've been coaching for eight years. I have fallen in love with the small business owner and what they do in the world. And so I work with service advisors, expert advisors, and the owners that they serve in the exit space is a really kind of favorite space because those transitions can really do require and invite great coaching opportunities. Terrific. Bill? So the profitability coach exists. You know, business owners want to improve cash flow. They want to improve profitability, but often get confused about the levers to pull to do that. So I really come to them with a plan, identify the hurdles getting in the way, and deliver to them a profitability that they never thought possible. Been doing it for 13 years and having a blast. Awesome. That's great. John, as you said, what a, what a brilliant team we've got here. And bo- both members of XPX, of course. Absolutely. In the mix. So this is great. Uh, today, you know, we always talk about various aspects of exit planning. It starts with the business owners, and that's where we're going to start today. What we wanted to focus on is their, I'll call it their readiness. And as we talked about earlier, we break down in the folks we come across, uh, the, these owners, into a few categories. Um, some are absolutely ready to go. They may have started to build to sell, and that was their mission, and they are on track. Other other times, it's uh, unfortunate situations where they run into problems, and they've got to sell. Uh, we had a client we sold a few months ago who um, was ready just to go back home, which is out of the U.S., and so that was very focused. We know we want to get done and get out. And then we have this wide swath subset of folks who think they may want to, they're maybe thinking about it, they're putting it off, they may be 75 and they think they've got two decades to go. Those are the folks that we want to talk about today in terms of getting them, I'll say, off their rear ends to uh, to do um, something, to take that first step. 
and talk about why there's maybe that um, block in their heads about getting there. So these may be situations where you all are talking with them, maybe their clients already, and we can't get, get them going. Uh, other advisors are trying to get them going and they're just not moving. So we want to get in their head. So with that, um, let's start with you, Bill, and um, maybe get into an experience that you've had uh, with a client where, you know, they're just not quite getting there. Um, how have you addressed that? Share yeah. Some. So uh, uh, first, uh, thank you so much. And that's a great question. Um, the principle of inertia applies. A body at rest tends to stay at rest, right? <laughs> so we as advisors have to figure out how to get uh, that body at rest to a body in motion. Uh, recently, I had a, uh, a client who actually was approached uh, by a strategic buyer. Uh, this was a business that was very successful. Uh, the owner was in his uh, 60s, uh, made an offer. The offer was low. But really what happened is the transaction got botched. Uh, most transactions where there have been little to no planning have a low likelihood of success. And this owner has had his head down running the business for quite some time, had done no planning. And so he was, he was a body at rest. Here's kind of what happened. Uh, we started talking about what he needs to do to get the business ready for sale. I was telling him all of the things that he needed to do and I was just kind of getting one of those blank stares, deer in the headlights looks. And so this is not only this experience, but several experiences I've had. Uh, and this is kind of groundbreaking for me is before we started dealing with the skill sets of the things that are needed to exit building transferable value, putting your team together, making sure that you understand taxes, timing of the exit, um, you know, I had to deal with his mindset first. Uh, this was his baby. He had built it, raised it for 20 years. He had been so focused on making that baby beautiful, and it was a beautiful baby. Uh, but he wasn't ready to walk down the aisle and sell that baby to someone else. And so the revolutionary thinking for me as an advisor is before I dealt with all the skill sets to get it ready, I had to deal with the mindset of someone who had done no exit planning, understand the reasons why, and try to, for lack of a better term, get in his head and understand where he's coming from. What was his mindset around exit planning? And the reality was he thought it was going to happen someday but now he's in his 60s. It's going to happen now. And so it's time to get our head in that game. So kind of the, the breakthrough for me that I've really implemented in my practice as an advisor, David, is we have to deal with mindset first. You can deal with skill set, but you have to get your arms around what is that business owner's mindset towards exit planning? Because that's absolutely critical. So sure. So what's the status of uh, that client right now? So what we're doing, we're actively engaged in a process. He has, uh, uh, he's looking at building uh, the transferable value of his business. Uh, he's looking at compensation agreements with his key people for stay pay. Uh, he is in the process of creating a business growth plan uh, where he can hand uh, a playbook, if you will, uh, to, that, to, to that potential buyer. And he's really got his head around getting in the game, figuring out what transferable value it is. And frankly, his business is all about relationships and leveraging those relationships. 
Uh, but we're well on our way to getting him uh, a plan and helping him really maximize the value of that business. Because guess what? You only exit once. So you want to be sure you <laughs> yeah. do it right. Yep, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, so Diana, let's talk. Bill talked about a great story about inertia. And <laughs> yeah. another way to say that's freezing up, right? Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about where mindset, attitude comes into play there and how you how you look at that situation. Yeah, and you know, I want to just speak to advisors that are experiencing a lot of challenging, you know, things that are happening in that relationship with the owner. And what I am seeing, what is really going on, what Bill has been so clear of understanding with his clients, there's so much behind the behavior. And when owners have been running a business, their baby, and have been head down, um, they're not used to doing things that are really new to them. And they're super confident people, highly ambitious, um, great vision, and it is not normal. It is not a normal day-to-day thing for them to be uncomfortable. And what we need to understand as advisors is that these owners literally in an emotional space are almost like their nervous system. They feel like they're jumping off a little literal cliff. What we provide as coach, as um, compassionate advisors is we are the shelf underneath, but we need to understand the behavior they're showing us and what it means. So when we see, we may not realize, we may have a a client that we like, oh, this client's so hard to deal with because they're blowing up at me all the time. Well, so this, you know, client isn't calling me back and like procrastination, anger, um, shutting down them, not being there. Like you met them six months ago and they're totally cordial, open conversational people, but now your client is not very easy to deal with. And I think that we as advisors have to really understand that this is a fear response. The owner themselves don't even understand that they're afraid. We need to normalize this behavior. And what I Bill so eloquently shared an example, and when we talked about this before the show, he provides space, and we all, good advisors, really have to provide that space for them to talk that part through. And even understanding, wait, I know this person is really triggered and afraid, and not even use those words because they're not used to, owners are not afraid. They're confident, bold, you know, and all those things, giving them space to really talk through what is important to them and what that was really going on for them. They have nowhere else to talk about all the nuances of it. They can't talk to their employees. Their spouses or partners are sick of hearing it. And so as an advisor, as a coach, this is a beautiful space to give them a lot of room, room and we can guide them as good advisors to do that. Yeah. Unpack that a little more for us, because I think that's a, you say, mm-hmm. you're you're exactly right. I mean, business owners are confident in what yeah. they're doing, or they wouldn't have done yeah. what they've done, built yeah. uh, the businesses they have. So how do you get them into that vulnerable place, vulnerable place to be able to share, frankly, what's going on under the surface? Okay, so if someone comes to me, they have already decided they want a coach to navigate that space. And that's a beautiful, awesome thing because they're brave enough to get the support and help. There's a nuance where advisors are really being asked to be coaches. And so I think the key is to like what Bill's sharing in this client example is like he gave space 
to dig into the why. Why are you, you know, why is this concerning you? What do you really want to create on the end? I think what happens, the fear space happens. It's almost like the midlife crisis of a, you know, we, we so commonly talk about that in culture. These owners are getting to this end and all of a sudden it's like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And the only way to help them is to ask and then show in your own expertise, oh, we can probably arrange something like that to make sure you have your family legacy here, or you are giving to charity, or you, but their fear that what they most want is not possible is why they're stuck. And you grease the wheels by giving them space and voice and kind of compassion and helping them not to judge themselves for, I should have done all this work before. And like they're in shame in a lot of ways also because they have not prepared. So we just have to be in the space of really allowing all these emotions and just helping them grease the wheels. What do you really want? These are ways we can do it. What would you like to think about here? So it's really just opening those conversations on the front end before you start doing. Diana too, I'm I'm wondering, uh, obviously you have to pick your spots, but you know, we are taking a client kind of from their uh, comfort or their stretch zone, and maybe even in some instances, putting them in their panic yeah. zone. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind is uh, sometimes it's just inserting humor, if you can, mm-hmm. and it's the right moment because humor is so disarming. Yes. And when when people are emotionally upset and not used to Feeling, I would say most type A, most owners are are really good at just powering through, and it it's like lightening the load and letting that energy dissipate, and knowing when we talked about this bill, like one of the things is not only giving that space to them to talk it through, but you don't want them to get stuck there because then they're going to get morose and it's like, oh, we're never going to, you know, we want to be there as that light light is light is okay. Like, wait, this, I know this sucks. Like we really need to, we can move forward in a way that we really can support you, but it's also pacing things. Like this is an advisor recommendation, really pacing and knowing that oversharing your expertise really can overwhelm an owner. And so it's knowing what to like every week, almost have on your own calendar towards that client. Okay. This week I'm going to ask them for this information and walk them through next week. I'm going to do helping really pace the overwhelm because selling in it's like selling a house. That is the most overwhelming experience for any human. And so giving some pace to it is also a way. And it's like, okay, this is really a hard day. Let's go, let's lighten up, but also let's you know, pace things so, so they so, can handle each step. Yeah. So let's take that a step further, really, both of you. Um, there's the fear, right? They haven't been through it before. It's something massive and pacing and counseling and all those, all those things feed into it. Um, I think we've talked about it, maybe not directly, is them understanding the process. So some of the mm-hmm. some of the pieces, Bill, you talked about cash flow, transferable value, building the team, and so on. But the sale process, the transaction process. Think about if someone's first time selling a house, right? The, the agent can go in and do all that, but if the education around the process is there up front, yeah. it, it can also allay some of that. I think some of that fear. So when you get well, you were talking about that example. Did you get into that part of it? Yeah, I think part of the key as an advisor is at some point in time, we have to get that owner who is the seller to start thinking like a buyer. And so uh, a lot of times I might ask the question, so uh, if you're buying your business, um, you know, what are the what are the strengths? Uh, what are some of the areas that you feel like you need to address? 
uh, I share with business owners all the time, you know, make sure that the business isn't worth more to you than it is to anybody else because you're setting yourself that. for for disappointment. Yeah, if I price my house, my house way too high and I'm totally out of the market because I think it's worth it, uh, it's it's going to sit on the market for a long time because nobody's interested in paying that price. So I think part of things uh, as advisors, the power is in the questions. Uh, we do need to ask the questions. And Diana, you made a great point about making sure that your questions are paced mm -hmm. uh, yes. and that the overwhelm potentially is also paced. Um, but I think, David, to your point, uh, at the right time, getting those sellers to start thinking like buyers. Yeah, you know, and, and a follow-up question because I, I smile because I always see this. When you ask that question, you know, what do you think of the owner? What do you think needs to be improved? I would submit that they know the vast majority of things. They just can't pull it all together, right? They, so they need that outside. You're asking the questions, leading the witness, if you will, in court, um, right? But, yeah. but, but they know, and, 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 and they didn't, who knows their business best, especially after 10, 20, 30 years, um, but helping them frame up how then they then address all those things. Yeah. Right? yeah. Prioritize. Well, and I think so. Uh, some of the things we talked about, obviously, uh, um, this, the buyer's buying a management team. Uh, so that buyer wants to be sure that management team doesn't walk out, you know, day one post-sale. Uh, how do you do that? You know, you have compensation agreements. You have uh, what I call stay pay. Uh, the other thing is before you're even thinking about selling, uh, having reliable financial statements. Uh, you know, just like when I sell my house, the mortgage lender for the buyer is not going to take my opinion of value. They're going to want an independent value by a third party. Well, same things for the financial statements of that buyer. Uh, and then I would say the last thing is um, every business owner usually has a number. Let's make sure that number in an asset purchase is after taxes and after debt uh, because the buyer in an asset sale is not assuming liabilities. Those fall to the buyer. So it's not what you get. It's what you keep. So management, uh, gross versus net on the sale, and then also reliable financial statements. I think those are three biggies. Three key things. So let's come back to their heads, Diana. So let's, let's imagine um, Bill's, Bill, Bill's client, right? Let's, yeah. say, let's say there's a client that Bill has, and talking through all these issues, all the practical stuff, the process, um, and you're sitting there in the room with Bill, and then – week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, you know, nothing's coming back from the client yeah. um, and you have a conversation. You know, what are just one, two, three specific questions, you know, you would ask of that owner to get them to start thinking about what's in their head? Yeah, I think it's giving them permission to talk about what they really want because most times that they get frozen up, that they're starting to, they're, they could be overwhelmed by all that's going on mm -hmm. and be shut down. So we, it can start with, how are you feeling right now? What it, what is really behind that for you and giving space to have that conversation. But it's, it's really giving the owner a space to say, what do you really want in this? And then admit that they're afraid they're not going to have it. That's where we get frozen. And the, they may interpret by Bill's questions, by the, the way that things are being set up with the company. It's like, but I always had dreamt of doing blank, whatever that might be. And they're sensing, oh, maybe that isn't possible. And they get shut down because, but yet, if they had voiced that with their advisor, the money guy, the, you know, anyone that's looking at the numbers and helping them through that process, 
that's like, oh, no, we can create a trust and make sure that this is for your kids or like whatever that biggest, deepest concern. So I'd say for any advisor, when you're noticing your owner shutting down, really digging in a really compassionate way of like, what's really going on for you here right now? And is there something that you're really disappointed that it, that you're not, that you think is not going to be possible here or whatever, and them getting some, a chance to roll through that really can speed things up. Yeah. And I think to that point, David, frankly, Diana should be included in every exit planning process in my, in my view. And here's why. So I just kind of reeled off the processes, the things you go through. Uh, the attorney is going to do the same thing. They're worried about the legal documents. Uh, the CPA is worried about taxes, asset versus stock sale. Diana is focusing on that business owner and what he's thinking and how he's feeling because those things that all of us as advisors are really good at in our process, we're missing out because we're not picking up on some of the feelings uh, and the concerns and the worries of that business owner. Did she pay you ahead of time for that? No, Bill, no, no, no. Okay. no good, I good, just good. say that because it's true. <laughs> so actually that leads to one other area, you, you know, you may have come across, we see all the time and you, you, at the beginning, you you always want to ferret these things out as best as you can asking questions. But several, many, many years ago now, I had a client um, engaged, wrote a first check and a week later came back and said, um, my spouse said, I can't do this. Literally. Right. And we stopped working. Um, I'm thinking there's things behind the scene, right? There may be business partners, spouses, kids, just other other people engaged in the in the in the sphere of. So it adds to not just that inertia, maybe of that seller, the, the actual owner, but relationships behind the scenes. You know, I don't know if you've come across specific examples. So there. I can think of one in particular right now. Um, so unfortunately, the uh, the owner uh, founder uh, died and uh, uh, left the business to be run by the son. Uh, there's a, a widow and several children. And actually, uh, all of this was verbal, but they were verbalizing, okay, I think the business is worth this. In reality, it's not. Um, there is an expectation of the widow to have a value out of this business. Uh, the value that the founder thought it was worth in reality could have been over time, but isn't now. And by the way, the business is not only supporting uh, the widow, but also the son and his two, uh, uh, one brother and one sister, which isn't sustainable either. So unfortunately, you know, this lack of planning on the part of this business owner has really created a family issue and of course, uh, Diana would come in and talk to the son who's basically had all this plopped in his lap. He's totally overwhelmed. He's set up to fail because uh, the widow's looking for a high dollar amount and uh, brother and sister are also looking for a, a good income off this business too. It's just not sustainable. It's honestly, it's sad. Yeah. 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 And that's, I don't know if you, Diana, if you've been involved in those kinds of situations, it's, um, because you are right. I asked you before, right? What do you, what are those questions very specifically yeah. you're asking of the owner and they may answer and answer and answer and never get to the fact that the, you know, the spouse is influencing right. it or. Right. And so there does have to be a willingness to go deep and, and talk that way. But I think if we as advisors go slow, um, we create a, a faster process. And if we can bravely go back and have those conversations when things blow up, 
we, even if nothing ever happens that the deal is done, you know, is not going to happen, but owners typically, or owners, parts of their families can throw hand grenades in deals. We've all seen it. And being the brave advisor that has the best relationship can go slow and compassionately with that owner can offer the best opportunity for either a great deal or for them to be for the owner to be satisfied that yes, maybe not selling was the right decision. I mean, we always want the best and what the owners want, not just always the transaction of the sale, but we can see things where they, they sabotage it. And, you know, if there is willingness to really be brave by the advisor and go back to those difficult conversations and slow things down to a snail's pace, it it, like things within a week can turn around. I did have an owner that inherited unwillingly um, a business, three businesses from his father. And of course it was right before COVID and his father and his uncle ran businesses in the, in the area, but very differently than this young man wanted to. And he kept having that voice of harshness. Oh, they don't need anything extra. He was like the way that his father handled the employees was very different than his value system. And so when in our work together, he had decided that he wanted to make something of this inheritance and he was very entrepreneurially minded. And so he had a blast creating one of the most amazing work environments in a car wash and a restaurant during COVID and then was leveraging the land and all those things. But it was because he was willing in his overwhelmed state of trying to make it all work, but getting these messages, you have to do it harshly. And knowing he wanted to do it a different way, he did double down on doing it the way he wanted. And his way was so insightful and great. And that's what the coaching did for him is helping him to mine out what was so key to him. And he now has a thriving business and a those three businesses are doing fabulously. And now he's actually in a position to sell, but is enjoying it so much that he doesn't want to sell. So he's young enough. It's fine. But having that over going from overwhelm and helping him to slow down and do things in the way he wanted and hiring general managers when no one else had done that in that type of business and remain profitable. It was just wonderful to watch because the owner is the wisest person in the room. We just have to get to the the bottom of it and give them space to be speaking and guiding us as advisors too. It is a, a marriage in that sense. So, so let, let, let's tie this together just a little bit, right? You, Cause you've been talking about asking the right questions mm-hmm. of the owner, getting in their heads, understanding the process. Uh, maybe partners are involved, maybe family, et cetera. And how difficult that is, right? Even for the most experienced of us. And you touched on it, Bill, you said Diana should be in the room. Um, I've got to put my XPX hat on is how we function in my own business. Um, how do we reinforce it? How do we build on that, right? It's it's not just one person, right, with the owner and the left hook and then the other one with the right hook, but maybe it's two or three or four of these advisors saying the same things, right? So when you run into issues with an owner, you know how often are you able to be partnering with other of their trusted advisors to, uh, I say beat them up, uh, but, but to get them, you know, a little bit of, you know, information here, a little push here. Has that worked well for you all? Have you been able to um, not just be you, right, with your client, not just be you, Bill, with your client, but send the same message from the team? And I I just think, you know, moving into this, you know, the value of XPX and, and what it has done for me, first, it's that knowledge and really understanding it. But it's knowing that I have had, you know, deep conversations with Bill with through the power five and through our own, we, you know, we have known each other 
before we met at XBX, but it's that knowing you know you have someone in your pocket to either ask the right question, bring in the right expertise um, to go that it's like, I feel like I have a panel of people that understand my client's issues and I have a, a library of either getting a question answered or someone to bring in that um, I never would have had without this kind of not and the own growth I've had of really truly understanding more of the technique, the technical side of of exit. So I don't know if that's where you're going with that, but that's that's what no, it was resonated a, with yeah, me. Yeah, in part, it was a great plug for XPX. Yeah, well, I yeah. love plugging yeah. XPX. I was, but it, initially, it was XPX yeah. or not, which is a great plug yeah. and help. But just in general, though, yeah. you know, multiple advisors. Oh, um, I mean, so I, key. Just yesterday, I got a um, had a, an hour Zoom with a potential client. A colleague of mine introduced us. We were all on the Zoom yeah. in 60 minutes. The, the power of that combination was just amazing in, in quickly working through a lot of issues. Uh, it would have been not at all as good if it was yeah. just me sitting there. No, and even the example I shared with you, this is an owner on the ground mm-hmm. that had no idea about the fractional online work help he could get. So I'm bringing him fractional bookkeepers. I'm bringing, he's thinking, oh my God, another salary. And I'm thinking, no, 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 fractional help. So my expertise in being an online person has helped my owners just be able to do very affordable by bringing those team members in way sooner. Like, and, and again, when you want them to David very early while they're running their businesses so that when they are ready to sell, but I know Bill's got a lot of experience with this as well. Yeah. I can think of a situation right now. So, um, uh, a client of mine, two business owners, fraternity brothers went to Georgia tech. Uh, they have run a business for 30 years. Uh, they have done a great job of building their management team and they're giving their opportunity, uh, their management team, an opportunity to buy the business. Well, the first thing that you do is you got to get your team together, right? Because it it takes a village. And so obviously get a banker involved because part of the transaction got financed with bank debt, low cost of capital. Um, It was a stock purchase. So we had to get the uh, attorney and the CPA to weigh in to make sure that uh, it met all the requirements, all the uh, letters of intent, the asset purchase, excuse me, the stock purchase agreements, all of that was mutually agreeable. Uh, The seller was willing to take uh, some paper. But, yeah, you have to have that team put together. Uh, And that's what's so great about XPX, David. You know, um, you and, and other people there have assembled a group specifically to help business owners go through this process and XPX provides uh, a village of people all with have expertise, whether it's in uh, uh, financial planning, uh, uh, business valuation, you know, you name it. And that's why I'm an XPX member. And that's why I would recommend anybody listening uh, to uh, really consider XPX uh, as, you know, a place to go and build relationships because as I said earlier, it's, it's all about people getting to know people uh, and people do business with people they know and they trust. And I think XPX provides the forum of people. Uh, that's how Diane and I have, have gotten to know each other more recently. And, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer and a big supporter of what XPX is and what they do. You know, I didn't. I was going to ask the question. I don't even have to ask the question yeah. now. I was, I <laughs> we was know gonna, why we're here, yeah, though. Yeah, is, right. I was going to ask yeah. uh, 
both of you about uh, you, you, you're both highly engaged with the organization. And I, I think, Bill, you eloquently answered that. Let's give you a chance, yeah, Diana. I, I just... You know, the first time I walked into an XPX meeting, first of all, I saw five or six people I knew and I was mad at them for not inviting me sooner. (laughs) That's way before COVID. So that's history. Um, I found a home when you, I am someone that wants to serve the owner. Owners don't network. Owners are, unless we're in a, you know, an association meeting or whatever, but I knew I was in a space where I could serve the people I most wanted to help. And so that was my first gut kind of reaction being in XPX. And what I love about the power of fives, the way that we do breakout groups, the way that we really dig into the nuts and bolts of each other's expertise and own personality and the way we show up just has been fabulous as a resource of knowing more and more people. And then me as a coach, I'm meeting advisors that I can bring around a table. I do my own round tables where I have had an opportunity to help them further, like, you know, further that, that mission. And I, and then again, we're getting to know each other better and better. And so that relationship, the opportunity for deeper relationships of really knowing each other it just, it makes that referral process, bringing someone in, knowing who to ask the question. And I just love the long, I've always been someone that is in for the long game and will do the slow pace because that's the, that it slow is the new fast and every, everything that we do. Mm. So slow engagement with an owner, ask all the questions faster. Just remember. And the same thing goes when you dig in, in an organization, I'm a sponsor. I, you know, love, you know, supporting the organization it um, that longer range view of deepening relationships is really the way to go. And it's the way that XPX is, is doubling down and Bri- how we do things. Briefly, Diana, for those that don't know about the Power Five, there may be yeah. folks listening that aren't members, right? They don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Tell right. them what that is. So okay. the Power Five is members only, um, but is every month we sort out groups. Every, you register for a date that works on your calendar, and we sort groups where you meet for other people and are um, spend an hour on a Zoom call. And what has been kind of fun, like over the summer months, you know, there was a little less registration. And so we're meeting, we're seeing some of the same people again and again. And at first I thought that was a problem. And then I realized, no, the level of how I've met people and gone deeper and really understand their business, it just takes some time. You know, it does take us about three times of hearing somebody's business to really get the nuance of what they do. So I, those power of fives have been really key for me in terms of really feeling known in the organization, but also then really knowing who to refer and support. Absolutely. Uh, very, very unique and, and uh, helpful. So um, unfortunately, this has been a great conversation, but unfortunately we need to wrap it up and let, let the two of you get back to advising, well, the three of you for that matter, yes. advising business owners. But before we let you go, let's give folks contact information on where they can be in touch. Diana, you go. Great. So I love personal contact. I can be reached by my email, diana at dianamurphycoaching.com if you have any question about what I've shared today. But I do also have a website, um, dianamurphycoaching.com. On the front, you can get on my email list. And I have a podcast. So I have a solo podcast that is regret proof your business and is for service advisors and owners that really just want to dig into the nuance of mindset and how that helps them. So that's their boost. Um, I've been doing, I've been podcasting for six years. love it. Awesome. And so for me, Bill McDermott, uh, my email is bill at 
theprofitabilitycoach.net. Uh, you can also go to our website, theprofitabilitycoach.net. I'm also a podcaster on North Fulton Business Radio X, and you can go to ProfitSenseRadio.com. Terrific. Bill McDermott, Diana Murphy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot, a lot of fun and informative. As usual, great to be in your studio. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, John. You, thank you for that. Hey, uh, folks, just a quick reminder as we're wrapping up here. You've heard all about XPX Atlanta. Um, but I want to say one more time, XPX Atlanta is fundamentally changing the trajectory of exit planning services in the southeastern U.S., and they're doing it by delivering a collaborative-based networking exchange, a broad representation of exit planning competencies, I think you've heard that here today, and a bridge that spans value building, value transfer, and life legacy for business owners. If you'd like more information, go to xpxatlanta.org. David, this has been a good one. Yeah, John. No, it really has been. Appreciate it. You know, we, we always plug XPX, but the underlying expertise of Diana and Bill has been great. Good conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Nothing wrong with plugging XPX, by the way, folks. You need to show show up. I'll I'll vouch for that, okay? Uh, We're having a lot of fun. Don't miss it. There you go. (laughs) Terrific. Well, folks, we'll uh, wrap it up here. Uh, For David Chavzin, I'm John Ray. Uh, We appreciate you being on the Exit Exit Exchange. Join us next time.